You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, welcome everybody to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Welcome to Wednesday, I hope it is, if I can remember correctly. How are you, Tom? Am I right? Uh, Steve, to the best of my knowledge, it is indeed Wednesday. As everyone knows, everyone's hunkered down, but uh, I need to get me a calendar or a something. It's Wednesday. I know it is. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard. But it feels it, like, well, it's it's funny because you, everyone feels the same. It's like either Saturday or Sunday. And you know what? I, I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, I, know, I now know what my favorite clothes are because I'm just kind of wearing them every day. Well, yeah, it's not pajamas, is it? <laughs> I'm not judging no, no, if it's pajamas. <laughs> no, no, it's just shorts and a t-shirt, man. If I don't have to show up at the office uh, looking halfway decent, I'm not going to. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, today's got a pretty good show. Let me I will tell you, I have um, the co-owner of the Tucson Sugar Skulls, Kevin Guy. He's obviously the coach of the Arizona Rattlers. He'll be showing up about 6.15 to talk about what they're doing uh, under these conditions with coronavirus and some of the precautions and everything like that. Obviously, I think the they would be in probably week three or four already for the season, uh, and it happened all kind of right away, right before the season was going to start. In fact, I think maybe a game or two was played uh, in other parts of the country, and then uh, these guys shut it down right uh, on mid-March, I think it was, or early March. Uh, so we'll see what they're up to. I think things are moving some way. Uh, he had contacted me a day or two ago to say he wanted to come on the show, and I said, come on in. Uh, he's always a good guest, Mr. Kevin Guy. So that should be fun. I hope to have him for two segments. If you have a question, anybody, please call in, 790-2040. And Thomas, if you want to come in with a question, please do. Your questions are always good. I appreciate that, Steve. Um, Thank you. It's a lot like you guys in hockey. Uh, you know, same place, same arena, fast action, things like that. I don't know. I don't know if I've asked you this. Did you go to a game last year? Uh, I made it to one Roadrunners game, and I did not make it to any NHL games. I wanted to. I yeah, just never yeah. did. So, yeah, and it's kind of fast action. Um, you know, heavy hitting. You've got to be near the near the. Uh, the center court or not center court but at least to the ice or to the field to get a feel that uh, excitement at least i thought so you know as steve i tell people when you're going to your first game um move around a little bit so spend your first period there's three periods in hockey for those who might not know but spend the first period right down at the ice if you can because that much like basketball that's where you appreciate the speed and the athleticism of what's really going on and what those collisions are like with between two guys on skates then sit up a little higher or as high as you can go maybe because higher up you see the play develop you see things happen you Mm -hmm. see where guys go away from the puck same thing again basketball away from the ball or soccer away from the ball um, and you get a better appreciation and then from there i would say pick your favorite and go yeah, no question. When I was covering the Cats uh, on the day-to-day basis at the Citizen, we had the the press row right on the bottom on the floor. So that was like 20 years of on the floor 
kind of seen everything from there. Uh, but since uh, the Citizen closed and now I'm working with uh, with Fox and, and my own website, they moved us up to the top, to, like to the concourse. And I love those seats better because you can see things happen. They can develop the plays and see where they're going to go with the ball. It's kind of like, like you say, soccer. It's you, you see things before you see things or before they happen. I always wondered how long it was going to take for teams to get an eye in the sky as far as radio communication and all that in other sports. We know football does it uh, for obvious reasons. It's Mm -hmm. much easier to see the field down there. But, boy, I wondered how long it would take those other sports to do it. And I think in the last 10 years, they've really gotten into it, especially with the iPads and such on the benches. Um, You know, it's just coaching is a whole different animal now than it used to be. Yeah, no question. And I think the... uh Teams like the Indora and the XFL and, and the faster-moving uh, sports have kind of brought some technology innovations to the other sports. Do you like the uh, the XFL model and, and kind of the Canadian Football League as well? There's a lot of motion, there's a lot of movement, and, and they try to keep it up-tempo and moving as quickly as possible? Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't see any of the XFL. I'm not a big fan. I'm not, it's not that I'm not a big fan. I just think that uh, I've seen enough football during the regular season. <laughs> I know that they're looking into some of the rules changes uh, for for NFL that exist in the XFL. So that's kind of good. I guess maybe it's uh, maybe uh, what is it? Um, uh, replays more uh, more. Easily, easier seen at the site rather than going to New York to do that. I think that's the case. Uh, and a couple of other things that they're looking at. But, um, I, I, you know, too much football for me is not good. Yeah, I, especially Steve. Uh, and we have admittedly a different perspective on sports, I think, than casual fans do or even hardcore fans because – we we know how the sausage is made, you know. We've we've seen you know behind the curtain for so long. It's hard to you can't ever unsee anything that you've already seen. No, 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 and and you know this. Uh, you've been with me maybe six months or so, and uh, no, that's my number one thing. I'm not the biggest sports fan anymore. I used to be, given that I've been involved with uh, teams and um, situations and seen a lot of things, and and I know how the sausage is made, or at least most of it. And I don't like it. I don't like the bad elements of it. Uh, I have to write about it. Um, granted, it's part of the job, but it uh, it's kind of. Um, jaded me a lot uh, a lot I'll say a lot and I know a lot of my my colleagues my age over 50 feel the same way because they're in the middle of it trying to write uh, the truth trying to get to the truth and uh, it's not always diff- it's not always easy to do that and now, I mean, you look at, and I always point to the DiMaggio piece that Gay Talese wrote years and years and years ago uh, that I thought was tremendous and, and tremendous journalism, let alone sports journalism. Um, but you you used to be able to kind of embed yourself with a team, get to know the guys, get to know the coaches. There were some things you wrote about, some things you didn't. Um, it seems like that, I mean, it's just gone. Uh, whether you want to blame social media and the immediacy of the cell phone or not, but Steve, I think that's just that's gone. We're never going back to that, and I'm I'm sad no, about no, it. No, you're ex- you're exactly right. You're exactly right, and that's how it was when I covered the team in the early '90s, and it was like that before that. I think Greg Hansen talked about that. You could probably go for a drink with the coaches and not get close, but you can get close enough. And you, what you could report or what could not be reported, uh, depends on the guidelines or whatever. But nowadays, it's it's go to a press conference. You have the same thing as twenty other people in the press conference. You may ask 70 percent of the questions, and everybody has the answers because, well, one, they're not going to answer it or, or ask it, and um, it's not really 
fair. I, I hate that word fair, but um, it, but it is what it is, uh, sadly. And um, it's just maybe how you write it that makes you different than the others. But still, it's it's a big smorgasbord of stuff, and it's not very good. Yeah, and I mean, I've I've been around places in locker rooms where guys have been working on a line of questioning and maybe developing a story over days or weeks, and then all of a sudden, some other guy wanders into the middle of the conversation, picks up the idea, and runs off with the story. Did no work on it, but just happened to come in at the right time to, to pick it up, and, you know, all your work goes out the window. No question. It happens a lot today in the press conferences that we go to where you have the kids in the back um, – Tweeting the, t- tweeting the responses, uh, and uh, you're asking the question, or I'm asking the questions, or Bruce Pascoe's answering the questions, uh, and um, asking the questions, and um, and other people take the Twitter, take the Twitter, take the Twitter, and do the tweets and all that, and they get the credit for it, which of course they never ask the questions or really don't know what's going on, but that, that's just the way the way the, it is these days in the media business. Uh, are you ready to go to break there, Mr. Tom? Absolutely, Steve. We can do it. And uh, your guest, Mr. Kevin Guy, will join us. Oh, great. Let's do that. Let's take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice and come right back with uh, Coach Guy. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. And now on the phone with me, I have Coach Kevin Guy of the Arizona Rattlers and co-owner of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Coach, how are you? Doing good, Steve. How you doing? Good evening. Fine, thank you, thank you. How are you hunkered down in, in wherever you're at? You in Phoenix, you in Tucson, where are you doing? Well, I'm I'm, I'm actually in Gilbert. I, you know, I, I kid everybody and tell them it's North Tucson, but I'm I'm actually in Tucson the next two days. I'll be down the next two days, but, uh, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, I decided if I'm going to have to social distance, then I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I probably picked the wrong one to stay at, the wrong house to stay at, because uh, here I've been doing a lot of chores for the wife. <laughs> a 50% chance of getting it right, and I guess you didn't, huh? <laughs> I know I did. I missed that, so tell I missed me. that on that one. I've, I've, I've cleaned two garages out and a bunch of closets and probably every room <laughs> of the house, so yard work and everything. I'll understandable, understandable. Hey, hey, Coach, it's not business as usual for a lot of people, including you guys, uh, your two teams up in Phoenix, one in, uh, with the Rattlers and one down here. What is the situation right now? Uh, I guess maybe it would have been maybe a month into the season already? Yeah, you know, um, we, we, you know, the way it worked out for us was we were just completing, you know, training camp going into week one of the season. Um and, you know, we were kind of monitoring things as we were in training camp and, um, you know, saw that it was headed for a, a big decision. So, with that being said, you know, we obviously, um, you know, put everything on hold and, and postponed the season uh, right before week one of, of the season. Actually, there was a couple of teams that actually got a couple of games in because they started training camp before we did. And... Um, you know they got to play uh, their opening night games. There was a couple games played, but the rest of the league, you know, we 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 postponed the season and, and, until we can until we can move forward again. That word still being used uh, freely, postponed. Yeah, you know uh, we're, we're very optimistic. You know, if you watch what's been going on over the last couple of days, um, you know you, you've seen things get a lot better and. Uh, you know, when we postponed, um, you know, we, we've been having owners meetings uh, weekly, 
And, you know, we're putting a plan together, and, and there's probably five or six plans that's been put together, uh, you know, as, as we look at it. But, you know, I, I thought just based on when I was sitting in training camp and kind of watch, I was kind of paying attention to what was going on, you know, in, in Wuhan, China. And, and you know, I just uh, saw that it kind of took them a total of like 76 days to get back up and get running, you know, full strength. And, and uh, you know, we're probably, you know, three weeks into it. But I also think the United States is way ahead of, of, of where China was during this, this, this uh, process. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I, I really feel like that people either, you know, uh, we either led by faith or fear. And, and I tend to be more, more on the positive side. I think uh, that the social distancing is working. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good things that's happened. I think you're going to see some things clear up, you know, in the next uh, two to three weeks. I'm, I, you know, I don't know when, when, when you, when you, when you sit and listen to all the geniuses around the United States, I don't know how they're putting timelines on this. Uh, boy, they, they, they must be very smart people because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the only thing I'm going by is what's been happening in other countries. I've kind of been watching the timeline there, but, you know, I, I don't know how you can predict the timeline. And um, but but I'm very optimistic that uh, you know, and, and we and we do have somebody in our ownership group that is that is in contact with people in the CDC uh, on a, on, a, on a daily basis. And uh, you know, one of our owners of, of one of the teams, and and uh, you know, they they have had the same message. Uh, it's been consistent the whole time that dark skies in April, blue skies in May. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I tend to have a little faith there, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that you're going to see some good things happen. We'll get back to, to some normalcy uh, in, in the month of May. Because I'm getting older and I can't remember how many games in a season, and if you're four games in for some teams, you're already looking at maybe a quarter of the season gone. Uh, I can't remember sure. if it was mid-June, July when the playoffs started and ended. Uh, what are the best scenarios? Well, you know, this is the indoor football league, but when arena football started, uh, you know, late 80s, you know, it's been around almost 30 years now, and you know, what we found over the years um, was our, our best months uh, in arena football uh, from, from a, a financial standpoint and, and fans coming to the games was our summer months. And, you know, so we're looking at, at moving the season back um, and, and playing into August. And, you know, the Indoor Football League has been playing over the last few years, you know, playing uh, to the end of June and playoffs for July. And, and so we, we've got some plans to bump the season back, uh, you know, and try to fit our games in. And, and uh, you know, you can't worry about things you don't have control over. So, you know, the government, the politicians are going to make decisions on when they're going to open the venues up and things like that. So, you know, uh, like I said, the owners have got probably five, six plans put together um, to see how we're going to attack it. And as things evolve, you know, then we'll see which ones that we can consider. But, you know, uh, I, I know when we were in the Arena Football League with the Arizona Rattlers, you know, so our, our, some of our greatest crowds were in the months of July and August. And, you know, we were ending right before college football started, NFL started, and uh, we found that that was our best month. So, and, and, you know, I think you're seeing now that there are some owners that are happy that we're actually uh, entertaining this and, and looking to experience it um, this year if we can pull it off. Uh, because, you know, I think there's some owners in this league that want to see if that 
uh, benefits us, you know, playing later in the summer months. Right, right. You talked about uh, starting uh, a week before things uh, actually escalated. What's the obligation of you guys to the team, to the players or the potential players? Because I think you have like a, a group of 36 or so. Uh, the roster is whatever, 20-something uh, payments and, and, and salaries. or How does that work? So what happened with the players, uh, you know, there's obviously uh, clauses, catch-offs in, in all contracts. So uh, you know, we, we gave the players, um, you know, the opportunity to either go home or they could stay in team housing because uh, we do house our players uh, in this league. And, um, you know, I would say 90% of them chose to stay uh, here in Tucson and, and live in their housing. A lot of them are working uh, in the community, serving in the community uh, on their own. We're not allowed to have any team activities um, you know, organize team activities from the organization standpoint. But they can do it on their own uh, if they want to do it on their own voluntarily. So, you know, that's kind of what, um, you know, the situation that the players and the coaches are in right now. And, um, you know, the league uh, did offer, uh, you know, when when all this came down to pay to send every uh, player back to their home. But, you know, you got a lot of different stories from players. There were some players that were, you know, raised by their grandparents, um, you know, had older parents and, and, you know, and they were, they felt like, Hey, the best thing for them was to stay here. They did not want to travel home, take the chance of, of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, trans- transferring the, the, the virus to their grandparents or their parents, uh, you know, traveling back home. So a lot of them chose to stay here and, and, uh, Dixie Wooten, our head coach did a great job of, of going out and helping, uh, these players, um, you know, find jobs at the community. And, um, you know, obviously from an ownership standpoint, we're taking care of their housing. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think right now everybody's still in the holding pattern and we're hoping to, to get going sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the one thing that uh, we hadn't talked in, in maybe a few months, you and I, maybe a few more months, but uh, when you hired Dixie, I had him on the show a time or two. Uh, sounds like a very good coach. Uh, obviously, has his resume proves that. Just your thoughts on him and why you went after him. Well, Kathy was the one that that, that actually pursued um, Dixie, and you know she she did run it by me, asked me my opinion, um, you know what I thought. But you know at at, at the end of the day, uh, she's been married to me for nineteen years, and and and. You know, being around me and, and how I'm wired, uh, you know, she's traveled down a lot of those same roads with me. And, um, you know, obviously I've had a lot of success uh, here at the, the Arizona Rattlers, and we want the same for Tucson. I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, so usually when you go 7-7, seven and seven, uh, you get to keep your job. And, and uh, you know, especially for an expansion team, you know, when you go 7-7 seven and seven your first year mm-hmm. and make it to the playoffs, you get to keep your job. But, you know, an opportunity came up that Dixie was coming available. He kind of, you know, announced that he was going to make himself a free agent. And, uh, you know, Kathy asked me what I thought. And, you know, my comment back to her was, hey, uh, you know, do you want them? You know, do you want them on your team, or do you want to be, you know, coaching against them? So, um, you know, so she she made a call to Dixie, and you know they had a they had a you know long conversation, and you know Dixie at some point did ask, uh, you know, he wanted to speak to me. We had you know we had a real uh, you know quick conversation about it, and and you know uh, I know from being a coach myself what you know the the things that you need to have in place. 
to be successful as as a head coach. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. from a from, from a facility standpoint, uh, you know, uh, from you know how we treat our players with the housing and the meals and all that stuff. I mean, you know, Tucson, we we our front office has done a great job of setting that all that structure up for the players. Uh, for them to be successful, so when they get here, all they have to do is worry about being successful, you know, on the field. And 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 Dixie was happy to uh, to, to jump at this, and and uh, you know, and, and and you know, I got to give them credit. I mean, you know, uh, jumping an hour and a half away from you know the Arizona Rattlers, who's, who's really been a machine, uh, no matter what league they played in, uh, it's been really successful from for, for many many years. Uh, you know, Dixie wanted the opportunity to, to build a winner, and. Uh, you know, and, and certainly Kathy and I have thought a lot of them, um, you know, not just as a head coach, but as a person, his leadership skills. And, uh, you know, Dixie's one of those guys that, uh, you know, he's going to do a great job with those young men and he's going to build a type of program, uh, you know, and, and, and from an ownership standpoint, you know, uh, Kathy and myself, you know, uh, Ali, we want to give, uh, you know, Tucson every chance in the world to compete you know, to win a championship and, and, and make sure that he has everything he needs to to be able to do that. So, um, you know, we want a winner in town. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, from my standpoint, you know, uh, whether Dixie's in Iowa or he's in Tucson, uh, you know, if I have to coach against him, then you know, he, I'm going to have to see him at some point anyway, so it might as well be Tucson. <laughs> and I think that Kathy, who you've been with almost 20 years now, has an eye for talent. Well, she found you right. So we'll see what happens. She, well, she, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could say that. I mean, you know, she's she's a strong. <laughs> she's quiet. She's quiet, but she's very observant, and she notices everything, man. And uh, you know, she'll have those conversations with me. But you know, with me, you ask. You know, I, I'm, I'm very quick to give an opinion on something. She's the opposite. You know, uh, I call her the, the godmother because she acts. She she has the um, she acts like the godfather. You know, but she's the godmother, so she. She definitely uh, sees a lot of things, and uh, we have a lot of side conversations. And, uh, you know, um, the rest of our staff is doing a great job. You know, we hired Jake Gonzalez this year. He's doing a great job, you know, in our front yes. office, leading, leading the, the, the uh, employees there in our front Coach, office. Coach, our front office hold, staff. hold that. Coach, hold that thought real quick. Let's go to break and get you on the other side. Is that cool? Welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. On the phone with me is Coach Kevin Guy of the Rattlers, co-owner of the Tucson Sugar Schools. So you were talking about the transition. Jay's the new, Jay Gonzalez is the new president. He's been on a few times already. Uh, so a lot of things going on. And, and how is day-to-day stuff going on? Well, right now, uh, you know, everybody's working from home. Uh, we, you know, they're having um, conference calls and Zoom meetings and you know, we're taking this opportunity to, you know, get dialed into um, structure, organization. You know, at the same time, we, we can continue some of our sales, um, you know, and, and especially we start looking at some of these companies, these essential companies that are, that you know, there are obviously some companies that are doing really well right now, uh, you know, during this time. So, um, you know, I, I've always felt like that when there's a crisis, there, there's always opportunity out there. And, and when these things kind of happen, you know, you, you got to make a choice. Or, or, you know, are you going to lead or are you going to be a follower? And, and, you know, in our organization, our mindset is, is that, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be prepared. So when, when we come out of this thing, we're ready to go. And, and uh, we got a lot of dedicated people here at, uh, you know, at, at our organization here in Tucson. And, you know, we're, 
you know, we're excited to, to try to put a product out in front of our fans. Obviously, uh, we can only can control what we can control, but if, if they say go, uh, we're going to be ready to go. Kevin, talk a little bit about that, if you would. If if someone's reference point for football is either, say, you know, Arizona Wildcats football or even Arizona Cardinals, um, uh, talk about the product that you have and the team and indoor football. What What is the difference and what is the hook for somebody to come out and give it a shot? Well... You know, it's it, you know it's new to Tucson, but it's been in Arizona for almost 30 years, and and um, you know we we have a great following here uh, in Phoenix. We're averaging about 14,000 a game, and and uh, you know we've had a lot of success on the field. It's the winningest franchise in the country uh, with over 300 wins and, and, and since it started. But you know in Tucson, um, you know because I've helped uh, maintain and build this organization in in Phoenix. Uh, you know, and my wife being involved with it as well. You know, uh, we, we understand what it takes to win, you know, in Tucson and what, what kind of product we're trying to put it, put in Tucson. And it's new to Tucson. So I, I could tell that some of the fans, as the year went on last year, they were uh, learning the game, uh, but it was a great experience for them. You know, it's a lot faster uh, game. And so when you, um, you know, when you come to our game, it, it, there's a lot of in-game entertainment that's going on during the game. It's fast-moving. And what we found over the years is that, you know, um, you know that a lot of women uh, prefer to watch indoor football game than they do outdoor game because you know the games are a lot longer or, or slower, and um, you know so we're, we're selling we're selling fun we're selling entertainment. So uh, our crowds picked up as the year went on last year. You know as I was telling Steve earlier, you know uh, in this interview that you know I'm kind of excited. I hope we, we, that everything works out the way uh, that it's going because I want to see what kind of crowds we're going to get. Uh, when we get into the end of June, July, and August, uh, and, and because I think it's a great spot for entertainment uh, in Tucson. There's not a lot going on in Tucson during those months, and and we we got an opportunity to be the focal point. In fact, uh, Brenda Baca sent me a note earlier today, knowing that you were going to be on the show. She says, "I can't wait to you know start sponsoring the Dixie Wooten show. Uh, can't get here soon enough, and here we go trying to get this thing going." Yeah, no, we're excited about it. You know. And, and I've stayed in touch, you know, going back with some of the questions that you asked me earlier, Steve. I mean, I have talked to people in the NFL, people in the NHL, uh, the NBA. Uh, I've talked to uh, two or three college uh, athletic directors. I've talked to some head coaches in colleges. And, you know, I, I, obviously I've lived all over the country and I know a lot of people and I've stayed in touch, uh, you know, with people that's within my network. And, and you know, the truth of the matter is, even at that level, nobody knows. You can't predict this, and uh, all you can do is put plans together and hope that everything's going to uh, work out, you know, in our favor. But I do feel like that the United States have taken some great steps. I thought we were kind of dipping our toe in the water at the beginning; uh, that we just probably needed to make a decision and go with it. And uh, you know, so we finally did the stay at home. Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly think it's working, and. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think the United States is is ahead of of, of uh, where you know China was in the process. So, um, you know, I, I think we're going to rebound a little faster. But again, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And and so we'll see how it plays out. But we're we're very optimistic about it. And uh, you know, we're certainly at the Tucson Sugar Skulls taking some steps to be ready to go uh when when we're allowed to and and uh you know my, my, my biggest concern you know for tucson because you know back in 2009 it, 
you know, we had the recession from uh, 2008, nine, and, and it took Tucson, you know, almost 10 years to, to recover from that uh, recession. So I really want to get this economy jumping. I want to put the jumper cables on it. And, and uh, you know, we obviously did a, a partnership with our, uh, our restaurant partners trying to help our restaurants out. Uh, you know, we did a, you know, if you come in and, and, and buy from restaurants that are partnered with the Tucson Sugar Skulls, um, you know, because we saw that they were struggling, all the restaurants in Tucson, mm-hmm. uh, that you could get a buy one, uh, a voucher that would be a buy one, get one free for our first two home games. Uh, so anything we can do to kind of help the community, you know, get going. I, I really believe in Tucson. I love Tucson. My daughter, actually, yesterday, uh, you know, she's a senior, and, and it's, it's um, you know, it's terrible what these high school seniors are having to go through uh, their last year. So many things that she was looking forward to uh, being involved with here, you know, her senior year at Perry High School up in Gilbert. But, uh, but she, you know, she finally made her final decision. She's going to U of A. So I finally got, I was really excited about that. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, there are some positives that are coming out of this. You know, we, you get, a, get to spend a little bit more family time. Uh, you know, I've, I've obviously I work a lot, and you know, uh, not only do I run the Arizona Rattlers, but uh, you know, my wife and I own Tucson Sugar Skulls with Ali, and, and uh, you know, my wife and I also own a hockey team in Birmingham, Alabama, so which is my hometown, and you know, uh, so I, you know, I'm busy, I'm all over the place, and it's, it's given me a chance to kind of uh, connect with my with my kids and spend a lot more time with them. I'll be in here at the house. Kevin, it's interesting that you, you mentioned talking to representatives from different professional leagues at the highest level. And uh, obviously, as you just mentioned, you, you have ownership stakes in different places, different sports. How do you feel about arena football as a league and its ability to respond coming out of this? Uh, it, because it's so important. You know, sports is part of the national consciousness. But on the other side of all this, do you, got, do you feel strongly about where you're positioned? Uh, well, we're, you know, we're in the indoor football league now. So I want to clarify because we, you know, people kind of see the industry and they, you know, they, they always, always call it arena football. And that's what the Arizona Rattlers started off in, uh, here in Phoenix. But, um, you know, the arena football league actually went out of business this past fall and our owner here in Phoenix, Ron Schertz, uh, and I had some conversations over three years ago. Um, and kind of saw it head in that direction, and we we, we decided to jump to the indoor football league. Uh, you know, our owner had great vision seeing that happening, and, and we made the decision to jump to the indoor football league. And and, and I'm excited about the indoor football league. It's a lot more like, um, you know, the outdoor game, uh, and you, you know, you get a variety from week to week. When you're in arena football league, all the teams were kind of built the same. Um, there wasn't a lot of variety in, 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 in the play column because of the rules of the game. In this game, it's a lot more wide open, uh, not not as strict on the rules. So, you know, you um, you know, you definitely the, the games are still high scoring, but you know, you may play teams that are you know seventy thirty, uh, you know, pass to run sixty forty fifty fifty is different every week. But you know, in, in arena football, it was ninety five percent pass. Uh, the only time you were really going to see a lot of runs was down around the red zone. So, you know, I, I love the fact that it's more of a chess match from a coaching standpoint. And, um, you know, and, and then we're back to, you know, in arena football, we had to manufacture some positions uh, because those positions just didn't exist in the outdoor game. Uh, but we're back to recruiting uh, football players that fit the positions of this game. So, 
Um, you know, so that's that's really you know, and I'm having fun building the league. You know, obviously, uh, to give you a little history of how we got the Tucson market, I had some owners approach me uh, about uh, you know I got a reputation for being a recruiter and. You know, I had some owners uh, uh, approach me about, you know, going out and, and recruiting ownership groups uh, to come into the league. And, you know, I was on the expansion committee and uh, along with our current commissioner right now uh, and Jerry Kurz, who was the old commissioner of the Arena Football League. Uh, and, and, you know, we started um, recruiting ownership groups and we the, the league grew by seven teams. You know, we're up to 13 and, and uh, we got uh, one coming in next year already, which would put us at 14. Uh, so I'm having fun growing a league right now and putting a, a different brand of football out there. Um, you know, and, and then we did a, a lucrative marketing deal uh, this offseason that was great for our league uh, as well. So uh, we had a lot of momentum going, uh, not only uh, at the league level, but obviously in Tucson, you know, making some changes um, with, you know, like Jay Gonzalez coming in running our front office, Dixie Wooten. You know, as our head coach, and you know, I, I was very excited uh, to see Christy Lopez, who we hired as our dance uh, coordinator, and, and what she's been able to do out at Walden Grove High School is unbelievable. And and uh, we were really focused on making the Sugar Skulls all about the community. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we had to postpone everything right now, but we're hoping to to uh, get going here soon and, and showcase our product. Outside of outside of the Sugar Skulls and real world stuff, I know you're a sports fan. What do you miss the most outside of what you do for a living? So, like right now, the Final Four would have just gone on. Golf, baseball would have. Been, what do you miss more? You can't watch TV. You can't go to games. What do you miss? You know, I I, I, I miss the camaraderie. Uh, you know, at work. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an early riser. I'm also a night owl. I, I, I stay up late and get up early, but. Um, you know, I, I love getting in in the mornings and, and being around the guys. Uh, that's that's probably the, the biggest thing that I miss, you know, being around my coaching staff, the players in, in the locker room. That, that's always, you know, fun to be around. And, and uh, you know, I had a lot of fun. I mean, you know, in the off season, I stay in Tucson. And, and uh, you know, uh, obviously getting out and selling. Uh, you know, I'm not involved on the football side at all, uh, obviously, because I'm, I'm coaching Arizona. But, uh, but on the business side, I am involved on the business side and, and getting out there with Jay and, and uh, Dan, uh, who also sells for us, Dan Wright. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I had fun getting out and meeting people in the Tucson community and building relationships and, and uh, you know, uh, doing sales this offseason. For me, it's like two seasons. So I get to have my football fix, and then in the offseason, I turn into put my business hat on and go to work. But uh, I've really enjoyed it. And, uh you know, I'm, I'm I'm really sold on the Tucson market. I think we got the right product for this community, and um, you know, we're just we're, you know we're looking forward to get getting back after it, man. I mean, it's it's uh you know, I, so I miss I, I miss being around my staff in Tucson, and I miss being around my locker room. So it's it's all of the above, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, but it, it's been a lot of fun. One last question before we go take a break. Uh, you talked about the tickets, the two for one. Uh, do they? Where can they find those restaurants on their website? Yes, if you go to our website or our social media, we put that all that information out, and 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 then once you see the restaurants, you can probably go to their websites and their social media as well. Uh, you know, in state as well, we probably got somewhere around fourteen, fifteen restaurant partners. Uh, you know, because when we started the program, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, we we had two or three other restaurants that reach out and want wants to want, you know wanted to be partners with us. Um, you know they were they were excited to try to get on board with us and and uh, you know anything we can do to kind of help our community out. You know this is a community team, and you know we want to see Tucson be great. We want to see downtown Tucson uh, be great. Rio Nuevo is a big um, uh, supporter of, of of our team and. And uh, they've done a lot for the downtown district as well. So uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're thriving and, and uh, everybody is going to rebound from this and, and be successful. Right. Coach, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll see you and talk to you soon as we get to closer to the season. I appreciate it. You got it, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. That was Coach Guy from the Arizona Rattlers, uh, co-owner of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Hopefully they'll get back on the field sometime soon, maybe within the next month if we're optimistic. Hey, uh, Tom, let's go to a quick break here on 1030 The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera, and with me, Tom Callahan. Uh, good to talk to Kevin Guy, Coach Guy, as they get ready for the season again. I mean, it's kind of like sit and wait, sit and wait, do what you can until the season starts. But I thought... I don't know if um, I don't know if uh, you felt this time or not, but he was kind of optimistic that in the, maybe in the next month or so something could shake. And everyone's optimistic; they want to have it sooner than later. Uh, but um, maybe even go into August for the season, so you don't catch it on the back end of the of the, of the um, schedule and, and and extend it a little another month. What they've missed, so that's some some good things going on. He said five or six new ideas uh, going on before the season starts. So we'll see how that goes um are you still there tom maybe not maybe not we're obviously work i'm working from home and tom's in the studio so we're doing a lot of things kind of here uh Okay, um, uh, I, I was just telling the listeners that uh, I'm in the I'm at my house and you're in the studio, so it's we're still trying to get our connection better for you and I. Oh, maybe not. See, he's got it. I think he's answering his phones for us. Um, but if you have a chance, give those restaurants a call, a call uh, for the Sugar Skulls and maybe get a good deal for tickets uh, when the season does start. Uh, that would be cool locally or, or whatever. I think last night um, we talked to somebody. I think we talked about the recruits that Arizona's getting, the kids from Seattle Brown. Uh, Sean is still chasing after others uh, to come in next year. He's going to have some vacancies, obviously, with, uh, with Mannion. Uh, declaring yesterday and Zeke Najee coming in uh, and saying he's gone and then now uh, we're just waiting for Josh Green to say the same for three guys to leave plus the seniors that have gone he has some openings and we'll see what happens so we'll see Uh, Tom are you there? I am here Steve that was uh, it's interesting sometimes so uh, for folks who may not know this and they tune in for your show we're not a sports station we're a talk station and sometimes people call wanting to talk to to the talk personalities and and well they're not here um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just kind of it, it's interesting to, to talk to folks sometimes when they call in and they want to you know they're like oh do you know so and so it's like I, I don't actually and especially me Steve I'm part time I'm still kind of new I'm lucky I know my name yeah so they want to talk to the some of the guys in the daytime i i yeah i, I well not not that oh. uh Glenn Beck was available but um <laughs> so i don't he's not even on this station I, I don't know you got me Steve, Steve you got who? me Steve Steve yeah Steve do you so what do you want to talk about with Steve uh, who who yeah i'll who? I'll tell you is, hey, so um yeah go ahead 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, Steve. It was interesting. We were talking earlier about, um, you know, being courtside and everything. And even with, with the – and I've been corrected. It's indoor football. This is not arena football. I actually yes. didn't realize. I knew arena football, one of the leagues folded, but I thought there was another one. And I think that's part of the confusion that indoor football faces is trying to get over that. So I appreciate um, Kevin Guy explaining that. Um, but, you know, you talk about looking at these athletes and, and seeing the speed of the game and, and the physicality and everything up close. In, have you ever seen an athlete on any team, doesn't have to be Arizona specifically, but any guy on a court, on a rink, on a field, who when you got up close and you really saw what they were doing just blew you away? Uh, physically uh, physically and athletically? Sure. Oh, man, there's been a number of them, a um, number of them through the years. Football, it's been a while since I've been on the field because I covered Arizona back in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, haven't been to too many NFL games, but basketball, you, you know, it's obviously the most recent is the physically imposing DeAndre Ayton, you know, just a, just a unbelievable seven foot force of nature, you know, just unbelievable. Uh, Raleigh Alkins was built like a truck, uh, like a Jeep. I used to call him a Jeep. Uh, just guys, but the guys you just think that are unbelievably poised and, uh, you know, I thought Mannion had that. Um, he just didn't show it. I think maybe it was just not a good year. I, I, that happens every now and again. But the guys that you kind of, sh- you guys go, wow. Uh, and, and the guys that made me go, wow, Mike Bibby, um, Damon Stoudemire, uh, Khalid Reeves, guys in my time, Aaron Gordon, uh, guys where you just say they had it. You know, you know that it thing. You just see it and how they walk and how they play. Sure. Um, and and guys can't stop them. Uh, and those are the guys I can remember. Gilbert Gilbert Arenas, obviously. Uh, Richard Jefferson had it. Uh, he'd lose it, then he'd find it, and all that. But uh, and and Luke Luke Walton, who who was kind of unassuming, just a dude. But he he, he had some great IQ. And in fact, I said uh, this on a TV show when he was a senior. I said, "Do you remember seeing the movie um, Sixth Sense and the kid who saw dead people?" Yes. Well, Luke Luke saw open people, <laughs> and, and I know it's kind of weird, different, but he would see things before. That things would happen, and, and that's a quality of a player that you don't really get all the time. And you can't teach that either. That's just that's an you instinct. Can. Yeah, no question. You could see that Bill was a big influence. His brothers were a big influence, uh, and, and you see things. And I don't know if you play pool, Tom. Uh, my dad did, and he was very good. And, and I followed it or tried to be good in his footsteps. Um, you're not shooting for the shot you have. You're shooting for the shot you're going to get. So you're thinking ahead, and that's what Luke did all the time. If I get the ball to this guy in this spot, he can get it to cover different places. And that's what he did so well uh, running the, the offense for Luke at the top of the uh, top of the key. I am the world's worst uh, pool player, so I can't even make the shot I have, let alone worry about the next one. <laughs> so I'm just I happy do, to I hit totally the ball. Do. <laughs> Keep it on. I the totally table. get it, but you know what? I'm I'm sure you see those guys in hockey because it's it's, a, it's spacing. It's it's like soccer. If you get the the puck to the right area during certain things, and you see those guys, I'm sure Gretzky was that guy. He absolutely was that guy. He saw things way ahead of when they would happen and he would put the puck not where the guy was but where he was going and and for folks who are soccer fans think of it this way the great crossers not the great finishers but the great crossers can see that pass where the guy making the run is going to be 40 yards away 
they they know what's developing, they know where to put the ball, and then they have the physical skill on top of that to actually get the ball to arrive there at that time. I've always been impressed yeah, no by question. that. I think, I think that um, Mahomes does that. Uh, for Casey, uh, I know that um, the Aikman did that a lot for Dallas because it was all timing. Uh, he'd throw it before the ball, before the he'd throw it, and the uh, the guys who were receivers were already gonna be in, in stride to get it. Uh, and that's what I'm myself now 20, 25 years ago. But you know, it, it's everything timing. Uh, you see things, and I asked this to to Kendrea last week. I think you might remember this. What what the top qualities of athletes were the thinking guy or the thinking woman the athletic ability being a teammate and he talked about obviously the, the being a teammate's very important but if you but if you're smart and you can see things happen and make other people better that's a quality that few people have and it's interesting too Steve certain positions lend themselves I think to being more that type of of athlete um, like catchers in baseball if you will I think is a great example they see the entire game unfolding in front of them and they're involved in every play uh, you know and they're often the strategist out there if they're calling the pitches if the manager's not so uh, but, but that's an example but I think certain positions in any sport lend you to being a little bit more cerebral about the game yeah, no, no question. I used to be an infielder, and, and Kendreya said this too: that his the toughest position to play, or he thought the most important, was the second baseman because you're you're doing a lot of different things, uh, and you're in the middle of the infield, and you have to know what's going on, pitches, and everybody does. But that middle infield person, uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of things to process, uh, and and football, obviously, the quarterback and things like that. So you need a smart, clever guy uh, leading the team. You're really the traffic cop, you know. That's uh, that's that's what yeah, you're no doing question. out there. You're you're talking to everybody, infield, outfield. You know, it's it's very important. Let me ask you something because I know very little about hockey, but I'll kind of equate it to to soccer. Um, the most important position on the on the uh, ice, what is it? Well, for me, it's goaltender. Not only because I was born and raised a goaltender, <laughs> but um, I mean that guy. No, back, no, no. They, uh, he's he's the one who can kind of run things from the back and set up plays and move it ahead. Once the play is in the offensive zone, the goaltender's kind of I, would, I don't want to say on break, but you get to relax just that little bit. But you're still watching the play. You're still you know keeping an eye on what's going mm-hmm. on. And even when guys are coming back, you have to communicate with them and tell them what's going on, what's the forecheck pressure, what's happening, how is the play developing. Uh, it's very important for you to keep your head in the game. Yeah, no, no. It's, I was not expecting that to answer, but it makes sense because in soccer, as much as I know about it, not very much, but my son was a goalie, uh, a fairly good one, and, and he was very impactful back there for the reasons you said in, in hockey, um, communication, uh, ability to 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 uh, defend that goal, and uh, people kind of like it's like putting baseball players in in right field. Guess what, guys? They still hit balls into right field. Yeah, I used to get stuck in right field until I became a catcher. <laughs> I, I know that feel. I dropped so more exactly than my share of fly balls. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, Tom, thanks a bunch for today. I will talk to you tomorrow, right? I'm not too sure who's going to be on the show, but I, I'm sure I'll get a pretty good guest. Sounds good to me, Steve. I will be, I will be here, you will be there, and we will have a good show. Thanks, everybody, for listening here on 1030 The Voice.